Hello and welcome back to the Politics Unbox podcast. My name is Reese, and today's coronavirus update on what is it, April the first? That is a Wednesday. Um, is coming to you now. So, um, firstly, what we're going to do? We're going to go through again today's daily briefing from the business secretary Alex Sharma, and also um, the medical director at. Public Health England, um, who is, whose name actually just escaping me um, right now, but I'm sure it'll it'll come back to me. Uh, and then after we go through that, um, that press conference, uh, we will then uh, move on to some global headlines and perhaps some discussion on where we are going to be going next. Um, Yvonne Doyle, that's the name of the medical director of Public Health England, um, just before I, before I forget, um, but uh, anyway, let's get going with this uh, with this podcast. So today's daily press briefing. Um, there wasn't too much in it, in terms of new information. Most of it came from Yvonne Doyle uh, and from their graphs. The government not really announcing anything new, just trying to shore up. What they uh, already thought they uh, they may have been doing. Um, Alex Sharma, the business secretary, uh, though, is emphasising that they have made, uh, I believe, it's twelve uh, twelve billion pounds available to local authorities to distribute grants to struggling local businesses, um, and that they are also very certain that increasing testing is the government's top priority. Um, but Yes, um, very much. Uh, not too much else going on. Uh, a few more, a few more things. I'll I'll go over in the next um, few minutes. Some quite large speculations being made that uh, banks are refusing to loan to some businesses, some uh, some firms who um, are perhaps uh, very good firms, uh, but it's just not. Uh, not being able to get some of the banks to give them that coronavirus interruption loan, which uh, the government's saying that they should all be doing. Um, so there was a quite a good line from the business secretary. Uh, in 2008, the taxpayer bailed out the banks. Um, it's now time for the banks to repay the favour in the hour of need for um, for the taxpayers. So they're going to be cracking down, it would seem, or at least it would We'd see off the basis of that statement from the business secretary that they'll be cracking down on banks who are not handing out the, the coronavirus business interruption loan. Um, some comments also being made um, before this press briefing that some banks were offering inordinately high rates of interest um, around the levels of sort of 30% some were claiming on some of the loans from um or rather for this coronavirus business interruption loan scheme. That would, of course, be essentially not worth taking for a business. Um, it, it wouldn't really be uh, be, be worth it um, like that. So uh, many businesses, uh, especially the small businesses, who may well be up against the wall by the time the government-mandated money comes in in the next few months, um, may well uh, be quite disappointed with the government's action 
And I think there has been widespread criticism of this this action that's not been as fast as required. Um, one thing I will say is that, of course, this is the machinery of the Treasury moving incredibly fast um, comparatively. Um, we are, are looking at unprecedented financial intervention. I know the government make a, a big statement out of this every time they come out. We are looking at unprecedented financial intervention from the government. So um, we are right to give them a little bit of leeway on this. But as they are guaranteeing some of these loans, they're not guaranteeing the businesses, they're guaranteeing the loans um, that are still going to be made by commercial banks on commercial lending rates. Um, they're putting a lot of faith in these banks. They should have been a little bit more on it in regulating them. It shouldn't have to take a bad example for the government to step in. Um, but now it looks like they are going to be uh, intervening in that sector to try and make sure that banks are giving out those coronavirus business interruption loans and that uh, the rates are, are fair and they are manageable for businesses. Um, so that it is actually there to do what it says it does, to support the businesses who are still going to be open um, for the United Kingdom to pick back up with after this, um, this pandemic dies away. Um, other things that were coming out of this daily press briefing, um, a lot of criticism again coming towards the government about the lack of personal protective equipment or PPE for National Health Service workers and whether the staff in NHS hospitals are being put at risk. According to the Business Secretary, Alex Sharma, uh, it says that over 390 million pieces of equipment have been delivered um, and yet we are still seeing reports from frontline NHS hospitals that they are under-equipped, uh, that the staff do not have the requisite um, uh, public health equipment or even personal protective equipment. So clearly there is a problem somewhere in the supply line, but it is looking like they're at least putting the supply there. It just needs to be distributed more effectively around the system. Um, Alex Sharma saying ministers will do as much as they can to ensure that the equipment gets to the front line as fast as possible. And Professor Yvonne Doyle is saying they are working to make sure the guidance on this PPE is being understood properly. Um, this uh, leads in to testing and the testing capacity of the UK government and the National Health Service. Um, again, another area of the government's response coming under attack, uh, saying that Testing has just been too slow. There are too few tests and it has been accelerating at far too slow a rate. Um, Alex Sharma again reiterating that increasing the testing capacity is the government's top priority. Um, now, on was it 1st of April, they have reached 10,000 tests a day. Now, that is, um, that is an early target that was set by the government. Um, just under 10,000 tests are, are being taken a day, but 10,000 tests are available uh, a day, which is, I suppose, hitting one of the government targets. But then, of course, um, just a few days ago, uh, they set themselves a new target of 25,000 tests uh, a day. They're saying they're going to be trying to get there by the end of April. That's going to be a big step up in what we're seeing and they will have to be acquiring more facilities to do that. Um, the government's saying those levers are in motion. We're just wondering and we're really hoping 
um, that those those levers are put in motion in the right time for everyone who needs them to be tested in time. Because, um, as I believe it was an Evening Standard uh, journalist said, there are about 125,000 NHS workers who are in some form of self-isolation for COVID-19 or the coronavirus. Um, at the moment, they're reckoning only about 2,000 have been tested. That's about 1.6%. He said, um, clearly, if we keep testing people at this rate, then there will still be uh, this massive empty capacity um, where people could be working, potentially, if they just had the tests and the NHS would put under needless strain. So I think a lot of reason for motivation there for the government to really amp up their testing. Countries like South Korea and Germany who are doing uh, over three times the amount of tests a day that we are um, are seeing their curves far, far flatter than the United Kingdom curve, especially South Korea, who have been sort of uh, a marvel in terms of how low they've managed to keep their their deaths. Um, indeed, if you look at the comparative curve, they are one of the, the lowest countries with um, significant exposure to COVID-19. Um, something coming out of um, of the briefing as well from Professor Yvonne Doyle. Um, she had some more slides to show us. Um, Patrick Valance has been very uh, has been using those slides very well. Um, Yvonne Doyle saying um, this time on the transport use there has been a change. There's been a slight uptake in the use of transport um, across all sectors really, but especially in uh, personal motor vehicle usage and indeed all motor vehicle usage. That's gone back up. It was hanging around at about 25% of its um, original usage, um, but now it's creeping back up towards 40%, which is obviously not something that we want to be seeing. As she said, the uh, the slide on, on which that transport use uh, was showing uh, and said a slightly concerning uptake in car usage recently. Um, this, uh, of course, coinciding with yesterday's announcement that there may be green shoots in terms of the uh, testing for, uh, not testing, in terms of the number of cases, uh, daily cases potentially declining. If we continue to see this uptick or uptake even, then we are unlikely to see any improvement any time soon. Um, as well as this, another slightly concerning slide for, for Professor Yvonne Doyle was that hospital admissions have been increasing for the past three days. Uh, we're getting closer to that capacity, which means these social distancing procedures must be followed even more rigorously. Um, it is not a matter of should we, uh, it's not a matter of um, should we, it's a matter of uh, we must uh, follow these social distancing procedures because if they aren't followed, then we just allow this extra capacity to just roll on to the National Health Service um, unabated. And it will it will not be good if we allow ourselves to follow an Italian-style curve. It's definitely not something we can allow ourselves to fall into uh, after all of these protective measures have been put in place. Um, people should not be going out and breaking these protective measures. Um, people who are, there have been some quite prominent examples of people breaking these these measures. Uh, there was a footballer, Jack Grealish, who who was out breaking social distancing measures. Um, it's not an example we can be setting at 
all uh, to people. Um, we need to be following these measures because that is the way, if you stay at home, it's the government slogan, but it is, um, it is a real slogan. Uh, stay at home, protect the NHS and save lives. Now, a lot of what the government's been saying over the past few days hasn't really been too much policy. There have been more reaffirmations of what they've said already. But um, that one thing, if you take away one thing from any government press conference, it is follow those social distancing procedures. Otherwise, we could be in for a concerning next few weeks and months. Um, as it is, if we follow those procedures, there is a good chance of uh, abating this uh, recent uptake in the number of deaths. Speaking of the number of deaths, uh, very sadly today has been the single highest rate of deaths in the United Kingdom. Um, 563 people have died with coronavirus, taking the total number to 2,352. Um, this is, of course, not something we want to be seeing. It has taken us closer to, um, it's taken us back up towards the French curve. We have been under it in terms of daily death rates for the last two days but now we are back up pretty much level with it um but uh, again this is something that we can take personal action to try and avoid and to try and mitigate so where you can please do follow that government advice all but essential travel um, should be avoided and anything that you personally can do to try and stay at home to try and protect the nhs and to save lives is something that you can uh, and you should definitely be doing. Um, in terms of other UK news, um, slight step away in terms of severity of it, but Wimbledon has been cancelled for the first time since World War Two. Um, decision was made today, which is why it makes today's podcast. It is uh, big news for the UK. It's a major, major sporting event. Um, I think everyone understands, and everyone had been seeing it coming for the past couple of days. The Edinburgh Fringe has also been cancelled. The Scottish Government um, are also putting out their own press briefings. I haven't been, been watching them too closely. I think they're, they're slightly earlier than the UK government ones. Uh, again, they are urging people to follow the same advice. Uh, just to step away briefly into global news, um, the Vice President, uh, the Vice President, uh, Mike Pence of the United States is saying that the US model looks a lot like Italy in terms of White House projection models for the coronavirus. Um, They're expecting to see an Italian style impact. Um, Italy may be the most comparable area to the US at this point, um, Mr. Pence told uh, CNN. Um, their current projections are saying uh, that 100,000 to 240,000 uh, Americans will likely die of coronavirus or with coronavirus. Um, but he is still saying that over the next 30 days, is the future is in the hands of the American people. Uh, if the mitigation measures, this is a quote from him, if the mitigation measures already, if sorry, if not for the mitigation measures already being implemented, millions of Americans would have died rather than the 100,000 to 240,000 currently forecast so he's clearly saying people need to be following those social distancing protocols and ensuring that they are complying with their government's advice um the florida governor is under increasing pressure to not uh sorry that he hasn't 
quarantined uh, his state. He hasn't issued a mandatory stay-at-home order. Um, out of the eight U.S. states with the highest uh, levels of coronavirus cases, Florida is the only state to not issue a mandatory stay-at-home order, and the governor of Florida is coming under increasing pressure to do so. Um, Ohio's governor, on the other hand, uh, is getting some praise for his proactive decisions. Uh, he was one of the early governors to um, to try and act uh, to prevent the spread of COVID-19 uh, into his state, and it is seeming like he has done a fairly decent job. Turning ourselves to Europe, as I'm slightly running over time, I'm afraid, but I will just carry on to get these get these figures in. Um, the death toll in Italy has passed 13,000, but it is a lower daily death rate than it was the day before by around 100. So it's about uh, 727 deaths over the last 24 hours. But um, the broad trend over the last 10 days, according to the BBC, is suggesting the spread of the virus in Italy may finally be slowing. Um, this is in sharp contrast to Spain, who are now the third country to confirm over 100,000 cases and today reported 864 deaths, which is a record for a 24-hour period. Um, this is the fifth day in a row in Spain in which more than 800 people have died, which is very worrying for the Spanish people. Um, hopefully there is some uh, some actions that can be be done. Hopefully there is a little bit of spare capacity within the Spanish health services, but reports coming out of Spain do not look promising. Germany have extended their um, have extended their antivirus restrictions until at least the 19th of April. Um, Angela Merkel has warned people not to take Easter holiday trips or to visit relatives. Um, she herself has actually been in some form of self-isolation over the last few days, um, uh, last week or so, uh, but now I believe is is coming out of that. Angela Merkel obviously very much still at the forefront of German politics despite being on her way out from her role as Chancellor next year. Um, she will want this to go well, obviously for her people, but also for her, her legacy. Everything she's done in Germany over the last uh, few years could be ruined by this, so she has sort of an extra motivation for this. Um, that, uh, I'm sorry I've run over time slightly, but that is now all for today. Uh, there will be some more podcasts coming out about coronavirus in the next few days, and also some podcasts taking a look at different things. We'll be going back to have another look at the Labour leadership race. We will be possibly having another look at the presidential race. Uh, actually, some news coming out today that Joe Biden thinks the Democratic Convention in Milwaukee may well have to be cancelled or at least postponed. It's due to be, um, I believe, in July. Um, so we'll have to see how that one goes. But until then, I'd like to thank you very much for listening. I hope to see you around again soon for the next podcast. Stay safe and goodbye. Mm-hmm.